Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. In France, more than a hundred, more than a thousand anti-Semitic acts were committed in France in one month. In one month, as I mentioned, there is a rise in anti-Semitism in the United States, three hundred and eighty-eight percent. This is in one month. This is after Jews, Israeli Jews, were attacked and slaughtered in a terrorist attack on their country. And what is the backlash? The backlash is hating Jews. I don't understand it. I know many of you don't because you've reached out to me on the text line and an email. And Jor, why do people hate Jews? And you know what? It's a it's a long conversation, friends. And I can't be one to explain hate because I don't necessarily understand it myself. Hopefully, our next guest can shed some light on it. Ephraim Cohen is joining us, as he often does, on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. If you remember, Ephraim is a former U.S. diplomat for nearly 25 years. He is the former assistant U.S. special envoy to combat anti-Semitism from the Trump administration. He has had assignments in Baghdad after the Gulf War, in Israel during Operation Iraqi Freedom, and the Second Lebanon War. He is he currently lives in Israel, and he is joining us uh, from his home where hopefully he is still safe. Ephraim, welcome back to the program. Hello, Jordana. Thanks very much for having me. It's always an honor to be with you. But today, especially, I think could be one of the most important interviews I've ever done. Oh, well, thank you. And and I hope I do it justice. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of the anti-Semitism, Ephraim, how are you and what is the latest on the ground in Israel? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. The latest on the ground is that the Israeli public is unified as never before. Uh, There is unanimity about the importance of the war, the importance to destroy Hamas so that they can never do again what they did to us uh, just four or five weeks ago. Uh, Everybody is unified. Uh, Everybody is volunteering to support the country and to support our soldiers. And we believe that it is a totally just war, that the IDF is the most moral army in the world. But you have to take out Hamas or we will never again be safe. We're hearing a lot about Al-Shifa Hospital. The IDF insists that Hamas has a command post under the hospital. That is why they are zeroing in on that. Ephraim, what do you know about that? Is that true? Yes, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, And it's not a surprise. Hamas has a record of using their citizens as as, uh, human shields. And in fact, there have been incidents where the Israeli officer, the Israeli army has tried to help uh, civilians get away from the fighting, and Hamas has fired on them to prevent the citizens from getting away safely. They gain when their, when their civilians die, because then they can complain and, and criticize Israel for killing civilians, even though the IDF tries very much not to do that. And so it's not at all a surprise and uh, we would we hope and pray that we can avoid killing civilians. But when you have the command and control center of Hamas under a hospital, what can you do if we allow Ephraim. them to get away with it? Then there is an incentive for them to continue to use their civilians as human shields for all time. 
Ephraim, the propaganda is working. I see videos all over the United States of people even denying October 7th happened. People are saying, you know, this is all the Jews' fault. They're getting what they deserve. They've been occupying for 75 years. They're not indigenous to the homeland. And these, of course, are all anti-Semitic tropes. Let's get into this conversation. How do you define anti-Semitism? Okay, well, there are many different definitions of anti-Semitism, but I think really the easiest one is what's called the three Ds. If you demonize somebody, if you delegitimize somebody, if you apply a double standard to somebody, then you're no longer treating them as as equal human beings. You're treating them as as something special, and that's exactly the way Jews have been treated for many years. Let's keep in mind that that what I would what people call anti-Semitism, what I would call Jew hatred, um, is a shape shifter. Jews are not blamed for something they did; they are blamed simply for being Jews. And so, for a long time, they were blamed on religious grounds because it was uh, it was alleged that they had helped to kill Jesus when it was no longer profitable to call them uh, to criticize them on religious grounds. Then they were criticized for race on racial grounds. They were criticized for being poor, then were criticized for being rich. Then they were criticized for being stateless. And now that we have our own state, now we're being criticized for having a state. The idea is that Jews are criticized because they are Jews. And there are a couple of advantages to that for the rest of the world. First of all, Jews are to some degree identifiable because sometimes they keep themselves apart. They can be seen as being different. And they're small in number in relationship to the rest of the world, so they can be easily overpowered. And they are successful well beyond their number. They have survived and thrived despite uh, constant oppression. And so the result is that people are jealous very much of their success. We are hated when something something goes wrong. We can be used um, as a scapegoat because people say, well, if the Jews are doing so well, they must be doing something wrong. They're cheating us. They're lying to us, whatever, because then it takes away the need for personal responsibility. Jews can always be blamed for whatever goes wrong. Is all criticism of Israel anti-Semitic? Oh, certainly not. You can criticize Israeli policy just as you can criticize the policy of any other country. But it has been said that Israel is the Jew among nations, and I'll show you why. Because the same definition that I said applies to Jews also applies to Israel. So, for example, Israel is described as pursuing bloodthirsty genocide when nothing could be farther from the truth. And hostage pictures are being ripped off the wall because babies and old people, if they are Jewish, are no longer viewed as human beings. If you saw a poster of a missing dog on a pole, you wouldn't tear it down and you would maybe even pay attention to it and look for the dog. But if you see a postage of a, of a missing Jew on the pole, you tear it down because they don't deserve to be treated even like a pet. By me, that's demonization. Also, Israel is the only country in the world whose very existence is being questioned. When Germany was ruled by the Nazis and then they were and we criticized the Nazis, but people never said, oh, Germany doesn't have a right to exist. And when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, people said, let's fight against the Japanese and defeat them. But when, the, when we defeat the Japanese, we don't then say Japan doesn't have a right to exist. And so the concept of anti-Zionism is, in fact, delegitimization. And finally, double standard. There are things that Israel does 
that the rest of the world has done, but only Israel gets criticized for it. And, and let me say instantly, we see hundreds of thousands of people who claim to be concerned about uh, the poor Muslims or the poor Arabs who are being killed. I didn't see hundreds of thousands of people demonstrating when Russia killed hundreds of thousands of Muslims in Chechnya. I didn't see them demonstrating now against China's clear genocide of the Uyghurs. And how about the thousands of Arabs that were killed by Bashar al-Assad in his own Syria? Maybe a few hundred people complained, but only when Israel is being blamed for killing somebody, and I think totally justifiably and totally morally, it's only when Israel, the Jewish state, does something like that, that suddenly hundreds of thousands of people are out on the streets calling for, their own, calling for the blood, not just of Israel, but of Jews around the world. And so I think it's a- clear that Israel is being treated with the same type of anti-Semitism that used to be reserved, reserved for individual Jews. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is a fascinating and tragic phenomenon because I understand people wanting to stand up for people, but you are 100% right. And you mentioned Syria. 300,000 civilians were killed in Syria. I did not see protests in the street. 6.9 people were, 6.9 million people were displaced in the Democratic Republic of Congo. I did not see people calling for that being unfair. Uh, You mentioned the Uyghur Muslims in China, the 1.5 million Afghan refugees who even today are being forced to leave Pakistan to go back under Taliban regime. I am not seeing the kind of protests, even though the numbers far outweigh uh, the things we're seeing in Gaza and against a known terrorist organization. So when you talk about the double standard, it is extreme. That's exactly right. Let me just point out one sick joke. Israel is condemned, condemned repeatedly by numerous U.N. resolutions, and Iran sits at the head of the U.N. Human Rights Council. How sick is that? Tragic. Tragic. Uh, talk to us about a ceasefire. People are saying, oh, we just want peace. We just want peace. How is this? How would this hurt the uh, Israelis or Jews? Well, it's interesting that Israel is the only country and Jews are the only people who are never allowed to win. It's said that, unfortunately, the world loves dead Jews more than they love live Jews. And so um, the world has a history of allowing Israel to defend itself only to the point of preventing it from being annihilated, but not so far as to prevent future attacks. A ceasefire right now would be a victory for Hamas. And a victory for Hamas means that in the future, more Jews and more Palestinians will certainly die. I'm sorry to say that. I would love to see a ceasefire. You know how you can have a ceasefire if Hamas lays down its arms and and uh, says, "Okay, we're done fighting. Uh, We we we're stopping. We're not going to fight anymore. But so long as Hamas continues to fire and they continue to, to fight and they continue to fire rockets into Israel. And they have said their leaders have said, we're happy about October 7th. We'll do it again and again and again. And as long as they say that, Israel has no choice 
but to defend its citizens and defend the rest of the people around the world. Make no mistake about this. This is not a battle over borders. Uh, Hamas doesn't say, well, we want the Palestinian state and then we'll stop fighting. What Hamas says is in its charter, Hamas says we want to destroy the Jews, we want to destroy Israel, and we want to destroy all Jews around the world. This is not a battle over borders. This is a battle over tribalism from the 7th century against modern, uh, uh, modern values of freedom and justice and, and peace. And if Israel loses, then I'm afraid to say that, that the United States and the rest of the Western world, they're next in line. Um, remember that, the, that Palestinians and Hamas call Israel the small Satan. They call the United States the great Satan. And also remember that the, that the uh, head of the FBI in the United States just a few weeks ago testified that he was concerned about the possibility of terrorism in the United States, especially because uh, so many people on the terror watch list have been caught trying to cross the southern border. So I'm sorry to say this, but Israel is the tip of the spear. And if you don't stand up for Israel, you're just inviting another terror attack in the United States itself. Now, let's, can Something. I talk for a second? Can I talk for a second about what's sure. going on on campuses? Because that's yeah, a tremendous. That was my next concern. question. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Go well, on. let me say, students, a lot of them. Uh, well, first of all, let me say that a lot of people didn't suddenly become anti-Semitic just on October seventh. This has been bubbling under the surface for a while, and now finally, people feel that they have the opportunity to express the hate for Jews that they've that they've had for a long time. And so some students have hated Jews, and now they feel that they can say it out loud. But a lot of students simply are parroting what they have learned in class. They've been taught by their professors the concept of oppressor versus oppressed. The oppressor is always wrong. The oppressed is always right. And Jews are the only minority who have achieved the status of being an oppressor. They are a small minority. They have suffered uh, oppression for thousands of years, but suddenly they have become the oppressor, and therefore they must be wrong. Also, uh, so also, Israel is a tremendous success story against all odds. It's a tiny country representing an identifiable nationality, and it is, a, and its success is a direct challenge to the push for globalization. The people who say we no longer need nations, we should get rid of borders because everybody is the same and the whole world should live in harmony. Great. The whole world should live in harmony. But when Israel succeeds as a as the nation state of the Jewish people, that puts the lie to the concept of globalization. Now, with regard to college administrators, I'm sorry, I have to say that many of them are just cowards. They don't have the guts to stand up for what's right. They hide behind the concept of freedom of speech. But, but freedom of speech, uh, is, in a sense, it's only useful when you are saying what we like you to say. And so, therefore, people are willing to, to stop to try to prevent what they call hate speech or microaggressions. And then at the same time, they defend the actual threatening of Jews with actual bodily harm as social justice. It doesn't work that way. If you're going to talk about freedom of speech, everybody should be allowed to say what they want to. But freedom of speech stops when you are calling for violence and where you, when you are calling for the destruction of people and when you are justifying the murder of 1,400 innocent people in Israel. So uh, imagine, for example, 
there was a Cornell University administrator, a Cornell University professor, who said he had been exhilarated by the violent resistance that uh, Hamas showed in attacking and killing uh, Israelis in Israel. Imagine if that if another Cornell University professor had said he had been exhilarated by violent resistance against BLM, or even had said all lives matter. That professor would probably be out of a job within hours. But because the statement was made about killing Jews, it was allowed to pass as an example of free speech. Well, one, exa- one other example of the stupidity of, of um, uh, administrators. You know that just a few days ago, Jewish students at MIT, one of the great institutions of higher learning in the United States, Jewish students were warned by a group of people against using the main entrance to the, uh, to the institution uh, on pain of violence. And the MIT administration has refused to discipline those students who made the threat because they were foreign students and the, and the uh, administration is afraid that the foreign students might be deported for having violated their visas. So what's more important? Keeping, keeping foreign students in the United States who espouse violence or defending Jewish students who are American citizens and only want to get a, a decent education. I, I'll tell you where I come down, but you know that the MIT administration came down the other way. Ephraim Cohen, you have given our listeners much to think about explaining a very complex issue, but we are out of time, my friend, but it is always enlightening to speak with Could you. I just Thank say you one so much. final thing. Stand sure. with Jews, because keep in mind um, the, what Edmund Burke once said, that, that um, well, how shall I say it? Edmund Burke said that uh, evil The only thing necessary for the triumph... Yes, Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. You are in it with us, whether you want to be or not. Ephraim Cohen, thank you so much. Stay safe, and we will call on you again. Thanks very much for giving me the time. This is a very important issue. And that's why we have taken so much time. We have to take a break. The news is next on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.